0: Welcome to the Marketing in the Wild podcast. I'm Julia from Stratos Creative Marketing, where we are obsessed with finding real life in the wild stories about business and marketing. Everybody, I am excited to introduce you to Maddie Baldwin. Um, yeah, there's so many so many things I could say, but I'm gonna let Maddie introduce herself. So, Maddie, please tell us about you uh, and a little bit about what you do.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you again so much for having me on the podcast today. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a really, really fun conversation. Um, But yeah, I guess just to kind of jump right into it, as you mentioned, so I'm Maddie Baldwin. um, And I kind of always tell people I I wear a lot of different hats kind Mm. of in life right now. So I feel like what kind of encompasses that the best is um, I always tell people I'm I'm an entrepreneur, a writer, a traveler, and um, a community builder as well. So I feel like those are the four things that kind of give the over the overarching picture of what's going on. But um, to get a little bit more into like what the the nitty gritty, I guess, of what that kind of looks like is. So I am the the founder and host of the Gen Z Girlies podcast. Um, I'm a co-founder of an early stage startup called Zentrepreneurs. and I also am currently working on the partnership team at Safety Wing, which is a Y Combinator startup. Um, and of course, you know, outside of, I guess, work in that sense, I also um, I uh, have a poetry book out. I'm working on finishing a novel. Um, and I think I mentioned, uh, we were ta- chatting earlier, but um, I'm also a digital nomad. So I travel around a lot and um, get to see a lot of the world that way, which is really exciting. Um, so that's kind of like an overview of that. But I think what we're mainly here to talk about too today is uh, specifically the Gen Z Girlies podcast, which... Mm-hmm. Um, it's a podcast I started kind of to to help Gen Z women build lives and careers that they love, and so uh, we do this by featuring Gen Z Forbes 30 Under 30 guests, uh, Gen Z CEOs and founders, um, and other kind of ambitious uh, Gen Z peers for our audience to listen to, and so um that's been a really exciting business to get to build so far, and yeah, I'm I'm just really excited to. Um, see where that's going. So yeah,
0: that's a little bit about, I hope that that gives a, yeah. a good overview. Yeah. Um, Maddie, you have a lot going on. That's all I'm going to say is how do you make time for yourself amidst all of that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I know th- you're totally right. It is a very, it's a very busy schedule. Um, And I think that I've found like, like a couple different ways to look at this. And I, I think honestly, just on, just like truthfully, I I, do, I am very busy. Um, and so I think that there is ways that I find like time to make for myself like within that. But I do think that also kind of what I'm doing for work is things that I love doing and things mm-hmm. that are kind of my hobbies um, as well. And so I think that when that is the case, it's also a little bit different of than necessarily just working. Uh, like a different job that maybe I wouldn't love for the same amount of time. So I think that's um, kind of adds a little bit like a different um, point of view to that. But I think that like one thing that is really important to me is uh, just really being intentional in um, my friendships and seeing people and kind of scheduling out time to um, see people and what that looks like, I think is a big thing of how I kind of work to balance that a little bit. And I think one thing that's also um, kind of changed a lot of the way that I look at work too, is um kind of everything I do right now is remote. And so I'm able to do that remotely and kind of work uh, on my own schedule. And so that helps me a lot as well, because mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily just in the office, you know, from like nine a m to nine p m. Like I'll mm-hmm. often work in the morning for a little bit, take a break, maybe go see a friend and get some coffee, and then come back. And so, um, I think honestly, having kind of that work style and lifestyle has been something that's been just really, um, changed my life a lot in that. And I mm-hmm. think, of course, I didn't start, you know, at that place of having all that remote work opportunity, and that's come from mm-hmm. a lot of work of building to that point. So I think mm-hmm. that, like, right now, I've found a really great place for where I'm at. But I think that it's also very important to acknowledge that it wasn't always that way, and that I've had to, like make steps towards that. Sure. Um so, yeah, so I, I think though, of course, also it's a learning process totally. of how do we balance, uh, have that work-life balance? And, Mm -hmm. um, also a little bit of a hard truth. I think Uh, I actually had a conversation with someone about this the other day, but in entrepreneurship, you're going to have days sometimes where you don't have that work-life balance and Mm -hmm. you're going to be working crazy long hours and you're just going to be exhausted. But, but then of course, um, you find, you figure out a way to balance that and then Mm -hmm. you'll have the days that you take off and, um, are really, uh, rejuvenating as Mm -hmm. well.
0: I think one of the biggest lies that we've been served as entrepreneurs is "do what you love and you'll never work mm. a day in your life." Um, Absolutely, because I tell people all the time, like I do what I love, but it is still work. Like, yes, and there are definitely. still things that I don't love about what I do, and that's okay. Like, that's just part of what work is. Um, and so
1: definitely, I think I saw, I think I saw this quote the other day that that, I mean, that just really resonates with me Is I think it was, um, I can't remember who it was, but I think it was, it was someone on Instagram, but they were kind of saying that, um, I think it was a gymnast, I think, but she was saying that like, there was days that she just wanted to quit. Um, and as she was growing up, her mom kind of told her mm-hmm. that she was like, yeah, you can quit, you can stop, but you have to quit on a good day. She's like, don't quit on the bad days, like get back mm-hmm. to that good day. And if you still want to quit on that good day, then then do it but it it helps I think to regulate kind of you know like yeah like what you're feeling about your work and what that looks like for sure yeah
0: for sure yeah I think um we can be so easily tricked into like um Mm. I have to love this all the time um absolutely when we don't like there's bad like there's hard seasons like also where Mm. it's okay for it to be like hard for a little while too like don't let it consume your life but Anyway, back to yeah. our conversation. I want to hear more about the Gen Z Girlies podcast. Like, what did it, like, why did you start this? What pushed you to do that? Like, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think, so we launched the Gen Z Girlies podcast this past November, um, but I started working on it in August. So there was a couple months mm-hmm. where I was recording and planning and kind of figuring out what that whole process yeah. would look like. Um But yeah, I mean, honestly, I always really, I always think it's super interesting too, to kind of hear about everyone's light bulb moments. I think everyone that, you know, starts something kind of has that moment, you know? Um, But for me, I mean, honestly, it was something that I really wanted to start because it was something that I found that I needed and I Mm -hmm. wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think I I remember I was, I remember I was actually, I was driving to get some coffee and I was in the car. And you know, those days that you just, you don't really want to listen to music, but you want to listen to a podcast, you know? and i uh, career is important to me in that kind of world, and those topics are something that i I love talking about and um kind of diving into and uh, i was I was driving, and I was looking for a podcast that centered career, but that also centered um people like at my same stage in life, and people mm-hmm. with similar experience that i I had. and I couldn't find anything. I found lots of podcasts for like were Gen Z from like a millennial perspective or a Gen Mm -hmm. X perspective. And I think that while those are really important and it's important to have perspectives on both sides is that there was just nothing for my own peers who were Mm -hmm. going through, um, the stages of building their career and what that looked like. And so I think that was something that I realized that, oh, there's, there's a need in, you know, the market here. Um, and this is something that I want. And so, um, yeah, I think that was kind of my like light bulb moment of there isn't this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's something that I think would be really hugely beneficial. And, and even in my own life, I knew so many people that I was so inspired by and so in awe and impressed of. And, um, that's something I've always loved is I just, um, I love being able to, you know, see the, the potential in people and the opportunity there and, um, want to like showcase that as well. Mm -hmm. So So I, yeah, kind of started out by um, really just leaning into my own community and um, started featuring people that um, were people that just personally, I was really inspired by even, you know, in my friend group and my community and um, my coworkers, just kind of started in that path. And then um, from there, we really started seeing some like pretty huge traction of um, this was something that people really wanted. This was something that um, was important to get out there. And so, um, after that, I started kind of expanding uh, what our audience base or our like guest base could look like, but also our audience uh, base mm-hmm. and started reaching out to um, some other people that are Gen Z and just really um, hugely accomplished people and um, that they wanted to show. But yeah, I think the, the special thing though, too, about the podcast and I think everything that our guests know and agree on, and it's the reason they want to come on too, is that no one on the podcast is is special or different. Um, they're just, uh, people who have built something cool and they want to kind of pull back the curtain and show our audience how to do that as well. So yeah, so that, so it's, it's really exciting and I, I really love where it's going. And, um, it's, I mean, it's just fun for me to, to, you know, mm-hmm. have these guests on and get to hear their stories and, um, really like lean into the concrete steps on what does it take to build this? Yeah,
0: for sure. I love it. I love it. Um, I think like Gen Z is doing some really cool things. And so I love that you're getting to highlight it um, in a way that um, is different than should I as a millennial try to highlight Gen Z? Like it's Mm. it's like cool when you can like speak for your own community uh, or speak with your own community. So um, I'm curious, like you're. You are in the entrepreneurship space, like you mm. just got your master's um, in entrepreneurship and a whole yeah. bunch, like you've done studies, but then you're also like in it. What are some things that you've noticed are different about Gen Z entrepreneurs? Um, and I realize no. everybody were speaking in generalization, so nobody get yes. offended. <laughs> but like, um, what are some differences that you've started to notice?
1: Yeah, no, I th- I think that's a, a really great question. and I, I kind of, I love that question actually as well. And I think that, um, yeah, I, th- I think like, as we said, I just got my master's in entrepreneurship, um, but I was also um, in Dublin, Ireland, was in the entrepreneurship ecosystem out there a little bit. So I got to kind of see mm-hmm. um, what that looks like on both sides of uh, older generations kind of working in that. And then also some of the newer generation entering and then also my conversations mm-hmm. with people. Um, so it's been really cool to also kind of get to have that international experience yeah. of what does, you know, Gen Z entrepreneurship look like internationally as mm-hmm. well as um, nationally. Um, but I think one thing that I've really noticed that kind of sets um, Gen Z entrepreneurs apart is I think that they're, and I think this is encompasses, of course, you know, like we were saying generalizations and other yep, generations sure. as well, but um, I think that there's this kind of this rise from Gen Z in allowing people to show up for who they are, who they want to be in business. Um, and I think I think that before this, recently, there's kind of been this expectation of what does it look like to be an entrepreneur? What does that mean? Um, like, what are you interested in? What do you look like? What do you dress like? Kind of like there's mm-hmm. those expectations. Um, and I think that really Gen Z is starting to kind of break down the ideals of what an entre- entrepreneur should be. And just allowing people kind of to just be who they are and to show up to work as they are. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a really cool thing. I think that authenticity is a, a huge thing for Gen Z and getting to be them, themselves and bring that into the workplace as well. I think, um is I think a really big shift that's kind of happening. I think even outside of entrepreneurship, I oh. think we're seeing it in corporate offices and, you know, um, that mm-hmm. as well. But I think that that really the epicenter is kind of in entrepreneurship as well and those ideas kind of um expand outwards as well. Mm Um so I think I'd say that like that's probably one thing I would say. I would also I think I would also say that it's a good thing to mention. Um and one thing that I've even felt a lot on my end is that there's often this this misconception, you know, that Gen Z is um I think they kind of get labeled as a lazy generation or Mm -hmm. a little bit entitled or what that looks like. Um, And I I really do think that is a misconception and I don't really think it's um, really the case at all. I think that most of the Gen Z I know are some of the hardest working people that I've met. I think especially Mm -hmm. Gen Z entrepreneurs. Um, I think they put in the hours and they put in the work. And uh, I know most of the Gen Z entrepreneurs I know work 10, 12 hours, days or more. And um, that's not just even on one project. I think I can't remember the exact statistic, but I know... I think it's 59% of Gen Zs currently have two side hustles they're juggling Mm -hmm. on top of another job. And so um, I think where the misconception kind of comes in, though, is that Gen Z has learned really early in life where their priorities lie. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that Gen Z knows what they want. And they also, in addition to that, they know what they don't want or what they're not Mm -hmm. willing to do. Um, and I think that they're asking for it as well. And so I can see how that, um, it makes sense to me in some ways of how that can come off as, um, people feeling a little entitled or, um, feeling like Gen Z doesn't want to do certain kinds of work. Cause I think in some ways that that's true that they don't want to do certain kinds of work Mm. because they, they know what they want to do and they're asking for it. Um, but I don't think that it's a bad thing to ask for what we want or to know what, what we want and to push forward for that. Um, And I think that with that, change is also a huge thing and can be scary for people. And I think Mm -hmm. especially when we're looking at the workplace and if we're trying to change what this workplace looks like or Mm -hmm. um, for people who feel like I've put in my dues, why are other people not putting in their dues? I think that's I think it's always good to take a step back at our own thinking and think, Mm -hmm. okay, like, am I what like what perspectives am I looking at this change from? And is Mm -hmm. it because I'm feeling um, like this change is happening so suddenly and I'm feeling uncomfortable with this, or is it because um, I really don't think that what's happening is good. And so I think that that's always a really important way to kind of frame your thoughts around Mm -hmm. what's happening. Um, But yeah, but I think I would, I would just end with saying is that it's, it's definitely a misconception about Gen Mm Z. I think um, Gen Z wants to work and they want to work hard. I think that they are just, they know what they want. Sure. Um and so I think I think that's really where that misconception. Comes
0: I love from. that. Um I would say, um <sighs> this makes me sound so old, but I'm not that old much older than <laughs> you. Like uh <laughs> but when I was like in your spot and millennials were like coming up, I feel like right, right. millennials were also labeled as lazy. Um mm. and well, yeah, I, I think I kind of like I was younger, but I remember
1: right, that. A and bit. I yeah.
0: I would tell like I would tell people, I'd be like, Well, you guys made us. So like you <laughs> like mm, the yeah. rest of you, <laughs> exactly. All you Gen Xers, boomers, like you you like fashioned a world in which like we grew up and like um I also think lazy was a misconception for millennials, but mm. I mean, if you think about where the world is right now, it makes total sense that Gen Z knows what they want and also knows that it's accessible. Like, that's like exactly. the thing is, like, we have grown up in a culture where we have been given, especially, I will say, like, in, um, in the United States, especially, um, Like, the developing world is not like this, but we have this privilege of, like, being able to see, like, what the potential is. So it makes so much sense that we're like, hey, I don't actually want to, like, work in a nine-to-five, and that's okay. Like, um, we've been given that vision, um, and we just want to, we just want to, I say we, I'm not Gen Z, but, like, (laughs) as an entrepreneur uh, and as a young entrepreneur, like, We know it's possible, so why wait? Like, I think that that's part of it is that we've been given this vision of what life can look like, and if we're willing to put the hard work in now, like, why wait?
1: Absolutely, no.
0: I I think that's totally true, and I think just
1: with you saying that people kind of realize too that this is accessible now, that kind of like leans into you know, I think even like the rise of social media getting bigger and bigger as we suddenly you know have this this huge visibility of kind of what's possible and, mm-hmm. um, how we can do it. And I, I like that you said as well as, um, just if we put in the hard work, we can get there. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. also really important is realizing that, um, yeah, like those, those things are possible, but of mm-hmm. course, you know, there's so much hard work behind it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think something I've always said and um, kind of a, a philosophy that I've always kind of subscribed to in my own life as well as, you know, there's this idea, you know, of the career ladder and what that mm-hmm. looks like and you climb it one rung at a time. Um, and I've always felt I've just never, that just has never resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I've, I was kind of always like, why, why would I do that? You know? And I think I came up um, this last year actually, and with my own kind of analogy of what I feel like building my career has looked like. And I think it's actually a much healthier or helpful way of looking at career is, instead of looking at it as a career ladder, kind of look at it as getting, gaining like career Mm footholds. And that's kind of what I've loved is like, I'll find, you know, like a foothold with a job and then um, you kind of use that to leverage you up to the next foothold. And so you don't have to climb rung by rung, you know, but you're you're pulling yourself up, you're jumping up, you're finding that foothold that it helps you climb and you still, you know, Mm -hmm. because you can't of course just go from the bottom to the Mm -hmm. top, like that's not going to happen. But what is what does that look like? What does climbing look like when it's not waiting for someone to tell you you can go to the next run? It's making your own path and forging that.
0: I love, I love that as like a as somebody who loves climbing. I'm also bad at it, but I love it. Uh, <laughs> it also means like you get to pick your own path. Like a ladder exactly. designates like these are the parameters that we have to go. Whereas climbing, for those of you who are climbers, like yes, you should climb the same color. But you could technically veer (laughs) off that color. You Um, could, yes. And I think that that also like going back to Gen Z allowing people to show up how they are, like that feels very much in alignment Mm. with that. Um, I think about it even from this isn't entrepreneurial or career related, but even fashion itself like gen z is like dictating like where fashion is going right now and this happens with every generation Mm. everybody so like don't freak out but like (laughs) you can see i see gen z at events and i'm like they're all wearing different things that they love that makes them feel comfortable and when i was in college um as a millennial it was like oh there's like a cool stuff to wear and not cool stuff to wear. Um, And maybe there is and I just don't know about it. But as somebody looking back at Gen Z, I'm like, they're all just so comfortable like with themselves and with who they are. And that's something that I think that the rest of the generations could really, like, could really serve them if they took it seriously. So, Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so again, realizing it's impossible to speak for all Gen Zers. Um, what are some things that you think businesses should pay attention to if they want to market to Gen Z?
1: Yeah, um, I think that's a great question. Um, I think a couple different answers on that front. I think I mentioned earlier, I think honestly authenticity is um super, super important. It's just being able to have kind of that authentic uh, that authentic uh, yeah, the authenticity there between a brand and Gen Z, I think is really important. Um, I think something else that is kind of tied to authenticity, but a little bit different and something that uh, in in my own like early stage startups, entrepreneurs is what we're really working to do too, that I think um, is really important is I think that hyper personalization is incredibly important for Gen Z, I think. And that those kind of tie together, but um, really, I think being able to figure out how to scale building personalized experiences is going to really be a make or break for businesses working um, to kind of figure out the Gen Z market coming up. I think that is a huge thing for Gen Z is wanting to feel seen, wanting to feel heard, and wanting it to be like a personal, authentic relationship. Um, And I think that that can be a little bit difficult. I think when you're looking as a business of how do I create all these authentic relationships with all the people I'm working with, and that can be a little overwhelming because of course, you know, Um, in some ways that's not necessarily, uh, plausible, but I think that with tools that are coming up now, I think honestly, um, AI and algorithms and like what that looks like, I think it's going to revolutionize a little bit of how we do business. And I think it's going to allow us to scale, um, those micro experiences to be experiences for everyone. Um, so I think that those are two things I would say are really important, um, with kind of reaching out to Gen Z and uh, allowing allowing them to enter into your brand as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gen Z doesn't just want to kind of consume from your brand. They want to interact with your brand. And I think mm-hmm. that's really, really important. Um, mm-hmm. So I think those are probably like the more like uh, philosophical kind of things that mm-hmm. it's important to have for Gen Z. Um, I think as well, I would say that it's true. I think if we're talking um, like marketing channels, if we're talking about social media as well, I think that it's true what they say. Video is king. Um, I think that that I think we all know that, but I think it's still a hard transition to make. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me as well. I like video. I know that, but it's it does take extra work. It's a different kind of skill set than I think um, mm-hmm. what we've been used to with Instagram and um, Facebook, you know, and Twitter and like what that all looks like. But I think that that really is true: is being able to put that authentic person in front of a camera um, to kind of encapsulate your brand um, and uh, allow that I think is, is important. And I think also Mm -hmm. within video, um, short form video is really Mm -hmm. important. I think that, um, just with attention spans now, and of course, you know, that, that differs platform to platform based like YouTube, of course, would be longer, but I think that, um, catching that interest in those, that short Mm -hmm. form kind of video content and incorporating that authenticity, those hyper-personalized experiences, I think, I think that's going to be really important with Gen Z
0: for sure. I think that mention of authenticity is extremely crucial. Like I think I think about the things that Gen Z grew up through. Uh grew up through yeah. Black Lives Matter, um and all of the protests around that, all of the murders that happened, um also even the pandemic, um fake news, things like this like that have been like Absolutely. cultural things that um I agree with you like big brands it's hard to be authentic but I think that more and more I have seen Gen Z hold big brands accountable for their actions mm. um and I think that is authenticity in itself um being able to say like hey this is where we stand on things um and like you like not picking a side is Picking a side, like um in Absolutely. a way. And I think that that even as everybody's listening, like authenticity isn't just about like, oh, here's my morning routine, sort of things, like um, or like opening the doors to behind the scenes. Like that's not just the only way to be authentic. Like it's also making statements, like picking causes. Um things like that that make you more of this like personalized brand should you even be like a large brand so um I think that's a really important shift that I've seen happen um that I love so um so you mentioned social media a little bit like at Stratos our goal is to help businesses improve their relationship with social um you mentioned video is king um a few other things. What are some other things that you have seen work really well for your social media? Like if you were to give some tips mm-hmm. based on like your experience, what what might those be?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think I think um, besides just the, the video aspect as well, I think, um, and I think of course, you know, everything needs to be tailored to what your totally. brand is as well. So mm-hmm. some things that might work for my brand might not work for others. Totally. But I think that's also a really interesting concept to look on is um, to be a little bit, to think outside the box and think creatively on what could fit your brand. Because um, because for instance, just with the Gen Z Girlies podcast, of course, our episodes are all about career, all about like forward moving steps on how to build these lives and careers that you love. Um, but really on our Instagram, we are pretty unprofessional, um, which I think is uh, something we wanted to lean into as well is that um, you can, I think you can show up how you want to work. You Mm -hmm. can be a Gen Z girly and also be someone who is going to put 110% into your work. And I think that's something we wanted to showcase. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think one thing we found really, especially on Instagram is, um, just with getting the word out and kind of getting engagement levels and what that looks like is people are, are going to engage with the things that they find, um, that, They relate with. And I think that's a really important thing. So like, for instance, like we usually have, we have a few different kinds of posts we do, but we usually do kind of like, um, not necessarily a funny post, but kind of like a relevant, uh, Mm -hmm. post a meme post kind of, it is kind of funny. That's usually related back to Gen Z girlies. And then of course we do like, you know, like a new episode post. Um, and it is really interesting of like our new episode posts aren't really going to get that many shares. I think maybe the person who's on it shares that maybe a few others Mm -hmm. who found it really, uh, impactful might share it. But the, the relatable posts, kind of the funnier ones, those ones are the ones that are going to get a lot of shares or, Mm -hmm. um, this is funny or uh, this is something I related to. And I think that's a really interesting way to kind of spread the word about your brand is. Um, going that that other route of this might not be direct marketing, but it's kind of some indirect marketing. And sometimes that uh, works even better than mm-hmm. just being super direct. And so I, I think that's one thing that's really interesting to look at. And then um, I would also say a really underutilized channel right now. And this, of course, depends on your brand, but LinkedIn is really big for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that people underestimate how many Gen Z are on LinkedIn right now. Um, and I think it is... A really huge channel, especially if you want really quality um, quality leads and quality engagement, I think you're gonna find mm-hmm. that really on LinkedIn because I think especially with that being connected already to personal lives, there's a little bit more um, engagement, a little bit more being uh, plugged in and connected in with LinkedIn. Um, and I so I think that's honestly one of the best channels that we found really to promote, to get connected with people, um, even to reach out to people, because I think people answer in different ways on LinkedIn than the will answer on, on Instagram. And I think that, um, getting a, a follow on LinkedIn is going to have way more impact and way more ROI than getting a follow on Instagram. Um, so I think that like kind of leveraging those different, um, not even those metrics, but just like the psychology behind those metrics as well. Because I think you can look at it, you know, like a follow on LinkedIn, a follow you know, on Instagram, they look the same, but I think in reality, they have some very different impact.
0: I love that. I love that. I wish I could like go back in no, not go back in time. Um I wish I could be Gen Z. That's like what I really want. That's what <laughs> like that is what I'm taking away from this podcast is I wanna give up my millennial name and become Gen Z. Um what's something well, that- come join
1: us, we'll have you.
0: <laughs> That's the best part about Gen Z is everybody's welcome. Um, so what is um we're going to close out, but before we do, what is like your favorite thing about your generation?
1: Definitely. Um, okay, may maybe not just one, but I'll, I'll make yeah. it very no, short. Probably, yeah, I think probably my top things, I think top four things, but they all kind of feed into each other. I think it's Gen Z's resilience. Um, I think honestly, Gen Z be like not being willing to take no for an answer i think gen z's creativity and i think also our open-mindedness and i think when all of those kind of roll in together um i think it's a really really cool mix and uh just a cool i think just an interesting way to look at life Mm -hmm. and to do life differently and to bring that into business i think um yeah, I'm really excited for what, like, what the future of work looks like, I think, with Mm. this, this um, change coming up for sure. For sure.
0: For sure. Well, and it's interesting how Gen Z has, like I mentioned, Gen Z, like, lived through, or Gen Z had very formative years during the lockdown, and Mm. um, you all are, like, taking it and running with it like even like the idea of digital nomads like digital nomads existed when I was like when I was in college too but like the access and then like the remote work that we've all experienced like it's almost like second nature into some people in Gen Z like where it's not like the it's like a it's not just like the cool alternative thing to do it's become more more and more of like a norm because we can work from everywhere and it's something that we learned so, absolutely. Which just shows like the creativity um what the future of work will look like. So, anyway, Maddie, if people want to find you and your podcast, um where should they go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you want to get connected with the the Gen Z Girlies podcast, um we're on Instagram mm-hmm. at the Gen Z Girlies podcast and then uh, the same on LinkedIn. Um, and we also love to hear from people via email, um which is uh, gen Z Girlies podcast at gmail.com. We always take um, submissions on people to be guests, comments, anything. So I'd love to hear from people on any of those channels. Um, I'd also love to get connected with anyone personally. I think that's one of my favorite things is mm-hmm. um meeting new people and hearing stories and just hearing um, different different paths people have taken. so um personally, i'm I'm on LinkedIn at. Um, Maddie Baldwin, which is M A D I, I spell it a little bit different than some mm. people. Um, but yes, yeah, so I post a lot of content on there as well. And then my Instagram is uh, Maddie and then underscore Baldwin. But yeah, I'd love I'd love anyone to get connected. Um, and if anyone has any questions or anything, I'm always mm. super open.
0: I love it. Um, my daughter's name is also Maddie, also spelled M so, A D I. So good um, name. <laughs> <laughs> we love it when we were. Um, She's one and a half at this point, but when oh, we were so um, trying to figure out names, I was like, I really like M-A-D-I. And my husband was like, nobody's going to know how to spell that. like, And I was like, <laughs> but let's really think about it. There's like a billion ways to spell Maddie. Like, this is just one of the iterations. So... Um, it's like if it makes you
1: feel better honestly people don't usually spell it too wrong so okay. <laughs> i do get i do get like when i'm in dublin i get a lot of marys i think it's oh, a little okay. bit of an unusual name so i get a lot uh-huh. of marys but usually if i spell it once for people then the, the, they got it from there so
0: I'm, I'm curious what's your um what's your full name is it
1: yeah it, it's it's madeline
0: actually okay Um, ours is madeline too so except we say madeline not madeline so um but that i it's one of my favorite names so maddie thank you well thank you i appreciate it (laughs) thank you for being on this podcast we really appreciate it everybody go check out the gen z girlies podcast based on what maddie's told us i think that if you are gen z like it will be a an unusually helpful asset to you, but also if you're trying to market to Gen Z or want to learn more about it, I can imagine it's full of really, really helpful things too. So, Maddie, thank you. Well, thank
1: you. Yeah, thank you again, Julia. I really appreciate that. It was a great conversation.
0: That's great. Friends, Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast episode. I'm so glad that you have. If you've enjoyed it as much as we have, I just ask you to subscribe so you know each time we have a new episode coming out. If you loved our podcast and want to give us a rating or a review, I promise we will read each and every one of them. A special shout out to our friend, Carson Childers, who is producing our podcast. We really appreciate him and all the hard work that he's done for us also thanks to the stratos team they have been behind the scenes doing all of the graphic design brainstorming etc etc really this wouldn't be possible without them i'm thankful for each and every one of you guys lastly listener we'll be back next week and i hope you will be too